0: Welcome to The Crunch with Crib Creative. I'm Jess and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people, how they got where they are and what they learned along the way. James Limnios is a well-known figure in the Perth community. CEO of the Limnios Group for 24 years, James is now the CEO and Managing Director of Limnios Equity and Development and Director of Limnios and Johns. James has also been an elected City of Perth Councillor since 2009 and has served as both Deputy Lord Mayor and Acting Lord Mayor of Perth. With a passion for Perth City and a professional background as long as my arm, our chat covered a wide range of topics and while we could have talked for another hour to cover everything, we did get some insight into the family that started it all and how James's successful career as a real estate agent led him to where he is today. James, welcome to The Crunch. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Lovely to be here. Thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: Very very welcome. Um, look, obviously you're you have a well known name, but for those who aren't really aware of your kind of family background, I guess, and the, and the family business, yes. um, can you give us a brief history of of where you've come from and where your family have come
1: from? Okay, uh, my father and my mother migrated from Greece mm-hmm. um, my, at separate times. My mum came as a six year old girl. My father was uh, 18 years old, he came in 64. Uh, they met here, they got married, they had three children. I was the first born uh, and I've got two sisters, Irene and Stel. Uh, my parents are Arthur and Helen. And um, that's how we started. And the real estate, the real estate yeah, side of it. Yeah, is that what yeah. In, um, when my father first got married, to my mum obviously Um, he was operating as most Greeks do at the time uh, not one but two fish and chip shops and as a young man in Greece he was living in Athens a, a big city he came to Perth Perth was much smaller than what it was then yeah he didn't come with the intention to stay here forever but as they say, you know, your destiny is different to what you plan sometimes. And mm-hmm. he uh, met mum and uh, started working in his own businesses. Um, when dad, mum and dad bought their first home, a Italian real estate agent, uh, Mr. Valla who was also uh, in property for a long time, he came to see my dad and uh, to do the contracts and my father was at the time wearing a fish shop owner's apron, uh, yeah. the gumboots and uh, had just finished washing his hands because he stunk a fish mm-hmm. to shake the hands of the cleanly and well presented immaculate sort of suit, mm-hmm. smelling of aftershave <laughs> Italian Italian descent real estate man He said to my mum at the end of the signing the contract for the first home that they bought in Nollamara, which was where I went as an infant after I was born, he said to my mum, something's not right. He said, I know I can't speak English that well, but his, worse, his English is worse than mine. Yeah. He had a briefcase. He smelled nice. He was <laughs> doing uh, a job where he didn't stink of fish, didn't have to go to the markets at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to do the same thing He says, hey, paisan, how do I get into this job that you're in? He says, leave it to me. He says, I'll just take you down and get you a license. Back then, you could get your license in the Wheaties pack. So he got a salesman's license. And uh, he started selling real estate while running these businesses as well. He had a knack for it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason he had a knack for it is because my father's a very passionate person, but believes in delivering value, ethics, and honesty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he did very well. He surpassed his income that he was earning from the businesses, and he was one of the then very successful real estate agents, the sort of, the top for the day. <clears throat> he um, said to my mum, he said, look, but what he used to do, because he couldn't read or write properly in English, mm-hmm. so what he used to do, he used to say to my mum, I'm going to bring you with me because mum was educated here. If you meet my mum, you'd think she was born here Yeah, because she doesn't uh, have an accent, a strong accent. He said you're going to be my PA. I'm going to introduce you as my PA, not my wife. I guess I'll be more professional. So my mum used to do all the contracts. Dad used to do all the talking. He said, you know what? We're pretty good at this. So why don't you go and study the triennial licensing and we'll start our own business. And that's where Limnios Property Group was born. It was called Limnios and Associates. Mm-hmm. Then it became Limnios Real Estate. Then it became Limnios First National, and then I changed it and named it Limnios Property Group. Okay. And then from there, there was never another real estate business that was called Property Group. Okay. From then, everybody started, you know, changing, and then you started to hear about all these property groups coming up. Yeah. On. But I'll probably get, I'll probably change it again. And, uh, get 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 a name more relevant and we'll see you'll see that the trend will change again yeah. in terms of names. <laughs>
0: setting setting the way. Yeah. So what was your um was it a natural progression for you to go into the family business? Obviously Stella was in the in the business as it, well
1: and Yeah, look, people think it was a natural progression, but it wasn't. Yeah. I, uh, I I wanted to become a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I when I sat my exams high school exams high school exams yeah I broke my wrist so I couldn't write my exams and I was very sort of upset mm-hmm. and uh, I had snapped it in a in a soccer match I was playing first division soccer in the under eighteens at the time and you know getting ready to sort of progress as a goalkeeper mm-hmm. in that space. but I never, You know, I was never a brilliant soccer player, but I was enough to enjoy the game and and be the main keeper for the team that I was in. So I I got a little bit upset. I didn't do very well in my exams. Mm -hmm. So I went to um, do my year 12 again to get into university and and progress from there. But one particular day, I um, came home and I saw that at about four o'clock, my father was home a little bit earlier than what he usually was. Mm-hmm. And we're talking now around the 1990s, and that was when the recession that we had to have, inverted commas, mm-hmm. um, happened, and there was carnage in, in the property market. It was It was a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And I saw my father and my mother at home a little bit earlier than usual, and my father sipping on cognac, which he doesn't, doesn't really drink unless there's a special occasion. We had, um, at that time, he was the president of the Hellenic Community of Western Australia. He, he had a lot of obligations there. He was building the first bilingual Greek Orthodox uh, School, St. Andrew's Grammar in Dymala. Mm-hmm. Under his presidency, he's the founding president, and he delivered that for the community. Uh, and that's been growing in leaps and bounds. He, and at the same time, he was delivering the Hellenic Aged Care facility in St Andrews Dinella and trying to run a small business. Um, economically, we were in really dire straits. Mm-hmm. And I said to my mum, what's happened? And obviously, things were getting too much. You know, it was tough. Our salespeople were leaving. There's, Dad didn't have enough time to to continue to sell real estate to generate income because of the other obligations that he had Mm -hmm. that I mentioned.
0: How big was the the group at that point? Nothing. It was my mother,
1: a secretary, my dad, and one other...
0: uh, One other agent.
1: One other uh, part-time sort of agent. Mm So I said to my mum, I said, you know, and to my dad, I said, guess what? Don't worry about a thing. I'm here. I was 17, turning 18. Wasn't old enough yet to have, no, just turned 18, so I was old enough to get my license. My dad said, son, you're too young. People would trust you for the biggest asset and what have you. It's not going to work. He said, continue in your schooling and whatever. I said, look, I'll do a deal with you. (laughs) If you let me get my license and I'll give it a go for a couple of months on the school period. If it works, it works. If not, I'll go back. Mm -hmm. Because I can continue, I can do my university afterwards. Yeah. As I did. I've done an MBA since at UWA. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he miscalculated that I grew up sitting under his desk yeah. looking at plans, it was in my DNA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In the first six weeks, I think I generated enough money to pay out whatever the small overdraft was that we were operating on and some, and it started working. And from that, I became an extremely successful sales agent. Mm-hmm. I had won a lot of awards in the, with the first national group when we joined them, I, uh, you know, I was driven and I drove the family's real estate practice. Mm-hmm. And I drove it for 24 years until I decided to uh, move in another direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, it is a successful real estate practice. It is a, it's not the biggest real estate practice in town, but it's a diversified group, you see. The Limnios family... As you know, we've got a real estate practice, but we've also got investments, we've got property, we've got the hotel and leisure now, That mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things. Now, by no means are we super wealthy people, and we're not. We're a comfortable family and that struggles like everybody else to make ends meet. You know, the bigger your deals, the bigger your problems. The smaller mm-hmm. your deals, the smaller your problems. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Everything we do, we do from the heart and we do it in a way that our moral compass and our ethics are not compromised. Mm -hmm. Because for us, it's more important to keep a friend than uh, to make a dollar. But saying that, when your profile raises and you enter into the world of business, politics like myself... Um, and you start to develop a profile, we live in a country that wants to chop you down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that tall poppy syndrome is alive and well. So whilst I can sit here telling you, I think that we operate in this manner and these are our values and we do this, there's probably a good, not a good percent, there's probably some mm-hmm. of the people that are going to listen to this that are going to say, he's a crook, he's a mongrel, he's this, but he did that, he said that, he's up himself. Half of these people I've never met in my life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the ones that I have understand why they're saying what they're saying.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because I purposely have not ever gone out to undermine or to hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. So that's where the... um, The Limnios family evolved from it, evolved from my dad having a vision, but then me taking that vision and and driving it forward with him. Mm -hmm. He's still very active. Mm -hmm. He's an executive chairman. He's 72 or one or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And very much hands on in terms of uh, what is happening within his family group. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is a good thing because if that gives my dad purpose and if that gives my father and my mother energy and a feeling of of participation and belonging full power to them because they need to you the minute you take away responsibility from someone and you make them fit within the mold of society. You know, you're young and then you're only a kid, but then you're an adult and then you become a dad and the dad must do that and then you become old and then you die. Mm -hmm. Well, who said that you have to live like that or think like that? Mm -hmm. Whoever it is that tries to control and create societal order. And they try and do this to keep the masses in a herd mentality moving forward. So if my parents choose to continue to actively pursue and nurture their business interests, good on them.
0: Brilliant. I want to ask you about, um, I guess, a lot of our listeners, people who listen to the podcast are agents. So just quickly going back to, to when you were selling early, yeah. early yeah. in your career, what do you think it is that made you so, such a good Agent and, and your dad as well. Um, yeah, well you so know it was in your DNA. Uh,
1: you know, our industry unfortunately has a very bad reputation mm-hmm. because it does attract a small percentage, not a lot, a small percentage of people that get attracted to this industry that join it and ruin it for a lot. Mm-hmm. Because the majority of the people that I've met, and I could be naive, but I feel the majority of the real estate agents that I have met, only a small percentage are rubbish. Mm -hmm. Rubbish people are rubbish. Rubbish in their soul. Mm -hmm. The majority are good people, decent people. So the first thing you need to do, in my view, is to visualize and believe in yourself and visualize who it is that you want to be within this role. Just like you visualize what type of role model you want to be to your children or what type of partner or husband or boyfriend or brother or whatever it is, you need to visualize and get it set in your head as to what you want to see yourself as. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because without a map, at least in your head, you can't get to the destination. So you have to understand that people need communication, and if you are an excellent communicator, technology will never replace the human interaction. I don't care if you're that new generation; that all they do is they talk to their mum. I heard of a story that their grandfather died, and the kid was in the in the in the theatre room, texted his father to say condolences on the passing of your dad right so we're going to this generation but still yeah. even that kid there that is tech a tech sort of person and thinks that that's how you you communicate once you break down the barriers you'll get more out of that person mm-hmm. by talking to them yeah because there's one thing that this machine here doesn't have. Is emotions. We have emotions. It doesn't matter who you are. If you I know. go boo, all of a sudden you'll jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So a good real estate agent has empathy, a good mm-hmm. real estate agent has patience, a good real estate agent has understanding, is not desperate, is mm-hmm. relaxed and provides a comfort zone for the particular client's needs at that point in time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you can't get away from hard work you need to prospect mm-hmm. without prospecting and constantly filling up the pipeline with fresh and good leads right? not leads that you know deep down are not real leads but you're doing it for the numbers mm-hmm you're not going to succeed. So you need to constantly be out there prospecting and then you need to get to a point where you can systemize your work and start to do the dollar productive things that you're very good at and start to get people around you because one man or one woman or one now person as well as you've got to be politically correct. You do. Uh, One human can only do as much as one human can do using all their senses and all their energy and the 24 hours that God gives them in the day. Mm -hmm. However, one human can keep a thousand people busy and active and working and producing. So you need to be able to get to, depending on where you want to go and what type of business you want to establish. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that a salesperson, an agent, a real estate agent, is is really a subcontractor.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And the harder and smarter and more effective and efficient they work, the more they will uh, um, achieve. The other thing is stability. People keep you, a change is as good as a holiday. Mm -hmm. They get upset with their boss. They chuck it in. They, um, go to the pub or at a re-training course and they bump into another person and you talk to, there's 10 real estate agents you talk to 10 of oh I'm flat out mate oh flat out yeah I'm so busy yeah mate uh, you know I'm the best and I'm the greater. humility stability and understand that the grass is greenest where it gets watered mm-hmm. and if you're looking for a silver bullet there is no silver bullet this is a a game that requires patience and consistency, reputation, marketing. You need to market yourself and your brand, you as an individual, so people that you don't even know get to know who you are and what you stand for. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't know you, they can't look you up.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And this thing of, I'm going to go to that agency because they're offering me this and they're offering me that. It's all smokes and mirrors to try and entice you in. And the biggest thing is when I used to run the real estate practice, people would come to me and I'd say, yeah, I'm on uh, 75% because I'm a superstar or I'm on 70%. And I said, oh, that's really good. I said, I don't know how this person can make their business run because I could never run my business if I had to pay you 75% plus super. So you're getting 75% plus? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, not really. Um, that's including super. Oh, so we did. Uh, we minus that. Okay. And uh, so then... All your admin support and your photocopying and your stationery that goes with it, and the insurances of the office. Oh no, no, no! We contribute to the office levy. We contribute, to the... and in the end, they get it less than what we were paying. Mm-hmm. The people. So I'm very fortunate. Well, we are very fortunate. I'm not there on the day to day basis anymore. I provide more of an advisory role. Mm-hmm. At in this period of time. But we've got two of the best agents in Western Australia that work for us, Rob, Robert mm-hmm. and Dom. Mm-hmm. 12 years and 10 years, or 12 years and 14 years with us. Some of the best agents in Perth came out of our office and they will stay for seven, 10, whatever years, right? However, what's working for them is stability an office environment that it's not for everyone, our environment. Mm -hmm. Because we're not your cool, in there, sort of, you know, trendy group. Mm -hmm. We are values-based, traditional, you know, straight up and down family business. First thing I ever said to people, don't think you'll come here and start to have office affairs. Don't think that you'll come here and and, you'll you'll get on the drugs on the weekend and and work here. All that stuff doesn't work. I've got my mother in here, I've got my two sisters in here. This is not a party office. Mm -hmm. This is not, you know, miniskirts and high heels and, you know, this is not Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) This is the Limnios family's name. We can't hide, you know... Something goes wrong, it's our name. Yeah. So if you combine all of those things to answer your question, you combine all of those factors and you make sure that you are systematic and you are up in the morning and you're the first one in and the last one out because you're doing your best and you're making your appointments. I don't mean you sit at the office all day. I want to say last one out. I mean that you make sure that you complete all your tasks and you do you do the grunt work that needs to be done, you will get the results. Mm-hmm. So I'm me, I'm always trying to lose weight. But my problem is I don't stick to what I know I should be doing. Yeah. So I'll do really well for one week, but I'll ruin it because I have a bottle of wine on a Friday night. There you go. Or I won't have any alcohol for that week, but I'll eat more than what I should But I know what I should do. It's got to be a balanced diet, got to do plenty of exercise, drink plenty of water, and cut out the alcohol. We all know what we need to do. Yeah. But what we try and do as human beings, the easiest thing for us to do is to make up excuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I had a tough week this week. Yeah, but my boss doesn't understand me. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but that. You know the yeah, but? Mm-hmm. It's it's an Australian phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, it's called yeah, but. It's like a disease. They
0: don't do that in Gr- In gross? No, they don't do that. They've they got no choice. <laughs> They've got
1: no choice. These people have to work. Yeah, so that's my view of the world there.
0: Yeah. How have you seen the industry um, change since you... Technology. Technology. Do you think it's for the better?
1: Remember a guy, Charlie Gunningham? Remember Charlie? No. He became the CEO of REWA. He had Aussie Home, first WA internet portal. Okay. Right, Mm realestate.com sort of became the big one, right? Charlie, very good man, beautiful soul. He came and said to me, you need to get on the internet, mate. I need to show... I said, internet? It's, I don't know, 20 years ago. <laughs> I said, you're a fool. <laughs> he said to me, no, houses will be bought and sold off the net. I said, no one's going to buy a house off the net. <laughs> All this internet stuff and websites don't work. I told him that.
0: How many years did
1: it take you to do it? Oh, I, I was <laughs> quite quick because I thought, oh, well, I don't know. That's the way the world's going, so I might as well try But I look at him today and I always, anything, I run by him when yep. it comes to technology. And I look at him and I, and, I, and I thank him every time for the support that he gave my family business in making sure that we were up-to-date with our online presence and marketing and all of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So technology is the biggest change. Mm -hmm. Um, The other other, uh, thing that I've seen happen is people are looking... I suppose it's not a change because in in every generation that would have happened, but the the silver bullet, and there really really isn't a silver bullet. Mm -hmm. Now, the internet is not the be all and end all the I don't know the uh knowing a certain developer is not the be all and end all Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of everything that makes the whole pie Mm -hmm. it's not one ingredient
0: yeah we obviously you started in real estate and so we started there but then you've diversified obviously your career um tell me about becoming a city of perth councillor
1: yeah, I became a councillor in 2009 and in 2015 I think it was I was the Deputy Lord Mayor and I. Uh, we all know what happened at the city. Um, what
0: prompted you at the start to run for council? Why did you want to do that? I'll tell you
1: why. My father was in uh, the Greek community, as I said, and mm-hmm. he, had, he had given his life to, um, you know, Contributing to to our Hellenic community, which we're very proud of, um, of our Hellenic community, we've, we've got some, you know, our former governor, Dr. Ken Michael, is from our community, um, and, and many leading uh, business, the catalyst family, etc., etc., leading business academics, and the whole lot. So my dad, you know, and we're all passionate. Mm-hmm. Every member of the Hellenic community, most of them are passionate for the betterment of our community. Most people are. But I thought that the Limnios family had given enough to just one aspect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Of Western Australia, the Australian broader community, had given the Limnios family their life. This country gave their life. And the capital city, in my view, is the most important part of a state. Mm -hmm. Not the best part, but the most important part. And what do I mean by that? If a capital city is a thriving, is it safe? Is it well promoted? Doesn't attract and and, um, support business and enterprise and growth and tourism and, All of the things that you think of when you think of a great city, property prices will fall, population growth will dwindle, standards of living will fall, Mm -hmm. security, all of those issues will come into play. And I wanted to contribute back and this was an opportunity where I didn't have to play the Liberal Labor card.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not very interested, I'm not driven by state politics or federal politics. I have some amazing friends on both sides that I think are more aligned. Yeah, people from the Labor government and the Liberal government are more aligned because of their core values but they're just on different teams. Mm-hmm. One's, you know, the Dockers and the other's the Eagles. Yeah. But whilst they are nice people and they're career politicians, I don't really want to have to say I am a Liberal diehard or a Labor diehard or, you know, if I disagree with the policy to have to go down that track because I am a member of state parliament that the particular government of the day that I might have been involved in says that we want to go and um, cut down all the forests. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to have to run down a particular line. The capital city, though, and in particular, with the new Capital City Act, has given us the independent ability to be elected as independents. Mm -hmm. Because in Perth... We're not like Brisbane and everywhere else where it's political parties that put in the local government. So the party that I represent in the city of Perth is called the James Limnios party. Yeah. And James Limnios's values and objective opinions, which are mine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not some faceless people that sit in a boardroom and make policy decisions. hmm um i get a big thrill out of helping people i love it when the vietnamese small business owner who can't speak english properly has been hassled by a health person or by someone because that does happen not everybody's you know a really nice bureaucrat that just goes and does their job yeah they can get aggressive with people they can be unfair with people or or there could be genuine misunderstandings
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to be able to go and fix a problem that some that I know was burdening a small family business and make a change that for me I could do a <coughs> click of my finger
0: mm-hmm.
1: but for them it's a nightmare
0: mm-hmm.
1: makes a big. Deal, to be able to pick up the phone and get an old man accommodation who was, on, who was on the brink of being homeless and being able to get him into some government-backed accommodation is what does it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to help a businessman or business group that was being held up on a multi-multi-million dollar investment in Perth because we had a part-time planner looking at a particular issue to determine plot ratio, right? Which could have been solved with one phone call, like, and 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 to just unlock the red tape and the bureaucracy mm-hmm. that sometimes becomes illogical to ha- for the betterment of others is what makes me happy, mm-hmm. and. What I like about this is when I first thought about running in two thousand and nine, everybody said to me, "You're a real estate agent, and people don't like real estate agents." And you're right; you're down there with car salesmen and stuff. You won't get elected. Mm-hmm. I got elected three times. I got elected three times, and what I think. I have contributed to our industry, the real estate industry, is to, sh- is to show that, you know, not all real estate agents are crooks or, you know, developers are bad or, or, or property people are bad. Because that's the perception that media and others have fueled mm-hmm. as an angle to get back at political opponents. So, there are checks and balances. If you don't disclose your interests, you've got a corruption and crime commission that will look so far up you and down you that you won't know what hits you. Mm -hmm. So you can't play smart buggers. So for me, one of the best achievements from what you're asking me here Is the fact that the people of Perth have entrusted me to be their representative consistently over three elections, Mm -hmm. right? I've served since two thousand and nine. We got suspended last of this year, earlier this year. Pending the outcome of the investigation at the City of Perth, I think that was a good thing for everyone to be suspended. Every, I, I think the, this investigation is a good thing
0: because you did say that you thought it shouldn't have been the whole council.
1: Well, when did I say that?
0: Didn't Didn't you say that you thought the whole council shouldn't have been suspended? No, it's
1: not. That. I I the only thing that I have said on the record it's not is that. It's not the whole council that is responsible. Right, okay. For the suspension.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, mm-hmm. this is a good thing. And the reason it's a good thing, whilst it's unfortunate for people like myself and mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. who really just got freshly elected, spent a lot of money on campaigns, and have been put aside mm-hmm. pending this investigation, it will uncover and clear many issues and sort out many um, speculations mm-hmm. that have been going and circulating. And I think the people of Perth deserve clarity and then we move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's going to be a good thing. Yeah. Now, In politics, if you want to genuinely be a leader and be in a leadership role, you need to have experience.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So without experience, to try and become a Lord Mayor or to become a Premier Mm -hmm. is like playing Russian roulette. Someone might get on there and fluke it and become fantastic. But if you don't know the innuances of local government, political uh, responsibility, and the way to, to how a machine the size of the city of Perth works, mm-hmm. under doing at least one to two terms as a councillor, it is risky business. Yeah. Risky business to vote anybody in to a leadership role.
0: Is that what your next Look, step is?
1: I speculating anything is the worst thing yeah. that you can do in business or in politics. Because one week and one day is a long time in politics. Mm-hmm. Anything can unearth, any situation can occur. And when I say unearth, circumstances of societal circumstance, not personal, mm-hmm. right? But obviously you don't get into, I am a leader by nature. I've, I lead my own businesses. I lead my family. I lead my community. So I never got into uh, something without aiming to complete it at the best of my game, to mm-hmm. the best of my ability. So all things being equal and my personal circumstances and my family, most importantly, my family and personal circumstances being in check and the opportunity arose, I would consider it at that point in time mm-hmm. very carefully.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to ask you about the challenges, because obviously the last couple of years, particularly on, ca- on the council, would have been a very challenging time. Yes. But also, how did that compare to the challenges of running a business? Um, because, you know, that would, I Look, imagine we have just as, as hard times. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good that's a good question.
1: The last two years were probably the most difficult two years that I have experienced on the city of Perth, we had the spotlight on us for two years. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go into detail. All you need to do is Google or mm-hmm. you would know what, what has happened and yep. the allegations and all of that of other people. Thank God, you know, it's, it's not me, but um, that was difficult. That was difficult because it was frustrating. We needed to get on with the business of the city of Perth, not about people's personal issues. Mm-hmm. So that was tough. Um, you're responsible, if you've got any heart at all, you're responsible for rate for taxpayers, for families, you know, you, so... You've got to be putting their interests first. So it is. You've got to be on, you know, on, on the ball. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, with your own business, you're also responsible for the families that you provide the environment for them to make an income, mm-hmm. to feed their children and educate their kids, and have a good family environment and look after their wives or their partners, whatever their partners. What this situation is so you've got a lot of responsibility on your shoulders in both ways difference is i suppose you make a mistake with your own business you will go bankrupt you will go broke and you'll ruin it for your family but the city of perth or with politics you just won't get voted in again because mm-hmm. you're an idiot you've done something wrong or you don't know how to communicate with the people, or you've lost the plot, or whatever it is. So that's the, 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 the fundamental difference, is that, but they are they both are challenging in their own ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm conscious again of your time, so I want to swing it around. There's been a lot of um, a lot of talk lately about Perth. I know you're very passionate about Perth as a city. Obviously, it comes through when you speak. Um, and there's been a lot of talk happening about urban density in Perth and the changes happening in the city and how we're going to build the population without going outwards. Yeah. Um, and so to finish up, I guess, I wanted to ask you about what you are anticipating and some of the biggest changes we'll see in the city in the next five years. Um,
1: what I would like to see, uh-huh. can we... Yeah. yeah what yeah. I would like to see in the capital city is a university campus I want to see a fully fledged aspect of one of our universities and an international university if they want to come. I have said that we should have a university on the link precinct around that, Yagan Square and, and the Firth Arena around there. Mm-hmm. That'll link our cultural Northbridge Entertainment precinct with the capital city, with the CBD sorry, because it's all part of the capital city, but it'll link it. Uh, I would like to see a variety of um, housing options. I would like to see, you know, smart townhouse developments, because not everybody wants to live in an apartment, but Uh I would also like to see how can we work with private industry and private development to make, to incentivize them to create family size apartments. Because you need an apartment here, if you've got two children, you need 100 square metres, you need 110 square metres. So I would like to see government, private enterprise come together in creating actual livable dwellings and communities and apartment buildings, not just a tower that goes up with one or two bedroom apartments and a a 20 square metre balcony or 15 square metre balcony. That's one aspect, that's one market. We need to create urban villages. We need to create boroughs like in New York. We need to have East Perth, we need to have West Perth, we need to have Crawley. We need to create common communal areas. We need to make it fun. You know, when I was in Copenhagen, uh, I went and I was taken to see one of the most sustainable uh, apartment developments that they are very proud of. They created, if you could visualize an apartment building that was going up roughly over eight floors, but they created the walkways so they are, you know, bike friendly and wheelchair friendly and pram friendly, so there was hardly any steps. And they were wide walkways that doubled up as a running track. So you start from the bottom and you would run all around this building (laughs) all the way up the top to about, you know, six or eight stories. So it was a running track. It was uh, a place for people to, to, to walk. Every floor you went to was like a, a mini piazza, right, of each area. Mm-hmm. So the, all the residents of the first floor might, you know, on a Friday night have a glass of wine and cheese in that they, they would meet there. Space was designed intelligently. You don't need a lot of space if you think about it carefully how you design a place. Mm-hmm. And people were living as a community.
0: Do you think people in Perth are ready for, you know, to give up the suburban dream? Do you know, the (laughs) biggest
1: joke (laughs) ever is when you go for a drive out to that urban sprawl (laughs) and they say, house and land packages... And these houses are built boundary to boundary, so there's no hills, hoists and backyard. Yeah. But you're it's going like 45 minutes north past where we used to go for holidays as kids. <laughs> yeah. But they're building these places the size of a... I don't know what it is, but squeezed onto these lots and they're dropping these lots down to 250 square metres. and It's... I can't fathom it. If you want to live in suburbia... We live in suburbia, but but live on a property. Go and buy yourself a property. It's got a five, six, seven hundred square meter block, and have your backyard with your hula toys and reminisce <laughs> of the seventies and the eighties. Reminisce, no problem. But today, if we want to live in an environment where infrastructure, because at the end of the day, governments are there just to manage our tax mm. and create the infrastructure that we need as a society to live, it costs. Three times more. A study was conducted years ago from the Department of Planning in Victoria, urban infill versus green expansion. So infrastructure, roads, water, Mm. electricity and all Mm. that. Mm. Three times more expensive than upgrading services within established areas like this Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and creating what we call urban infill. And urban infill doesn't mean going into a tree-lined street and converting every house into a block of apartments. That's not urban infill. In my view, those sorts of locations are perfect for you know, boutiques, old townhouses in the right location, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And townhouses are going to be the future. You won't see. They're going to be the luxury choice of the future.
0: I just feel like, I think I saw maybe Alana McTinnan speaking about this at a Fair Property Council event five yeah. years ago. And there's all there's just always pushback on, I guess, as time comes on, people will get used to it and it, realise it, that it, has to, it just
1: has to happen. It I'll just it, it, you you know, tell you a story. When I first got elected in 2009, I got a phone call and a guy said to me, congratulations on being elected. He goes, now what I want you to do for me, he said, it was serious, but this bloke was in his 70s, well, (laughs) two thousand. He says, I want you to go and turn Murray Street and Hay Street now, I want you to have angled parking free, like it used to be in the 60s, because I live in South Perth, I want to be able to, no, I want to drive in over the Causeway Bridge, or the Narrows or whatever, And I want to drive into Hay Street, pull up into not a bay like that that doesn't take all the road, but an angled bay. Sorry, I have to turn uh, too much. Like in Kalgoorlie, you know, and and those country towns. Yeah. I want you to return that back. I said, really? I said, no, that's going to be very difficult to do, unfortunately. I can't help you there. So that mentality will fade out slowly.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, we've got to, we've got to grow up. Perth has to, Western Australia, and Perth in particular, has to stop being wait a while, has to stop being like a spoiled, sometimes we're like spoiled little kids because we've got it so well here. Yeah. And we don't want change. Change is going to come. We're going to have to build new roads. We're going to have to build new railway lines. We're going to have to build tunnels. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to create infrastructure. We're going to have to bring, allow migration to come in. We're going to have to allow, we're going to have to become a place. We can't stay the same. Nothing stays stagnant. Mm-hmm. The world moves for God's sake. We've got to move too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great note to end it on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into The Crunch. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. So if you'd like to share them, please email me at jess at cribcreative.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it.